Welcome to the TESFE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. In today's episode, we're looking at what is needed by students to progress. I'll read you the first bit of this week's magazine to give you an idea of what I'm on about. Julia Belgatai writes, The education system is structured to enable students to progress to higher level qualifications and eventually into work. But what about those who may need to move sideways or even backwards to achieve their goals? This is what we're looking at. Joining me to discuss this issue is Nikki Lane. Welcome, Nikki. Can you tell us a bit about what you do in the sector? Hello, Sarah. Um, I'm Assistant Principal for Student Wellbeing and Support. Um, and my role covers a kind of a wide area, really, of student support through from careers and progression um, to wellbeing, safeguarding, library learning services, additional learning support. So it's that kind of whole holistic package around a student, really, and, and working very closely with curriculum teams. Can we just start off talking about your college does something very different, don't you, with holistic assessment? This is one of the big things that you're championing. We're looking at several points across the student journey where we are holistically assessing students, kind of working alongside them, really, to understand that actually that point that they come into us at the beginning might change for them at several points throughout the year and that we kind of stick alongside them really to make sure that the college works for them that that we're working towards a progression route that um, is going to help them move towards their aspiration or even kind of you know supporting them in considering what those aspirations might be that's really important so when we do that very initial um, holistic assessment it's about you know finding out what are their values uh, yeah. what, what are they coming in believing so it's beyond you know we need to know about where they're at with their math their prior attainment their English what they're expecting um, from from the course in terms of the career they want to move into but it goes wider than that how is their their family life or their outside commitments actually going to impact them whilst they're working at college what do we need to know about them how have their previous experiences kind of affected maybe their thoughts about education or what it's going to be like for them at college their well-being safeguard kind of information that we need to know to pull it all all together for their kind of individualized package setting it up as a relationship right from the beginning a relationship with the student and the college rather than I am going to tell you these things and you're going to remember and then off you go. It's about building that trust. Some of that is about starting early with some of the transition work. So working really closely with the schools to identify um, students where they're kind of known to have maybe um, safeguarding or mental health concerns particularly. But we can start inviting them in early or they'll come to a summer summer school or have a look around on their own a few times before they come as part of a a taster with a wider group so it's building up their individual resilience really and confidence to be in that college environment which is for for some will be very different from school and particularly if they've been home educated for example it'd be really a really different environment and how do you continue that throughout the year to check that what you hope is happening and what they hope is happening actually is there's, there's course reviews, as you would expect with any programme. But this is really where that key relationship sits with curriculum and student support. So it's monitoring from a student services point of view, actually, how are the learners doing? Are they are they you know progressing in terms of their, their targets? What are we noticing about trends within attendance? 
are we picking up that parents need to be involved quite a lot I know is there something else going on there it is getting to know that person as an individual and and leaving that door open for a conversation really sometimes it's about you know building the trust with the with the students and allowing them to come to us with whatever their issue might be but actually you know there's a lot of work goes into opening the conversation and talking about what we've noticed how does it work out the first time that you have the conversation of if there's a learner who's possibly moving on to a course that is the same level that they've already done or even a level below because that's what you feel like is going to give them a stronger foundation and a stronger understanding before they start soaring into whatever else they're going to do. I should imagine it's a sensitive one. It is a sensitive one because actually most of the language you know, language that we're talking about is our educational language, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the, the strong foundation. We, we've got a good understanding of the types of options that we could bespoke for a learner but for them actually that they initially they find it really hard and actually the parents as much as the students really and carers find it hard to get beyond that indoctrinated sense of actually I'm going backwards that means I'm failing somebody's in a situation where they are needing to go sideways or kind of to drop a level something must be going pretty wrong for them really in their their lives really to mean that they're not able to cope where they are so the sensitivity is the really key thing about it every conversation has to start with trying to gain that that learner's trust so any suggestions that you put forward are kind of linking in very much with how we can support building that confidence and underlying the fact that it's not a failure and actually what the benefits are potentially of looking at a slightly different pathway might have for them. What are your strategies for building the self-esteem and building the the confidence if one of the barriers is this self-perception of I'm rubbish at, I mm. always fail, I'm, a, I'm thick? I think the real strength in student services, particularly when they're working alongside curriculum, is identifying what maybe what makes that person tick, observing them in the situation, maybe sometimes kind of observing them with friends as well, actually, to see how that those relationships work. Talking to families, if we've got an opportunity to do that, or professionals that have already built a relationship with that young person, trying to find what we can to identify the positive things that you can pull through. Um, and I think that that particularly with information, advice and guidance, safeguarding and well-being, those members of staff, you know, have the skills to to pull that out. That's that's a real kind of key part of their their role. As colleges, really, we specialising in vo- vocational subjects, we need to really demonstrate the flexibility to allow students to change their minds even you know they might have spent you know several years researching particular careers ideas getting support in in choosing and actually when they really get into it it's not what they thought that it it might be or mental health problems emerge family situations um, change Um, and actually we need we need to have the flexibility really to work with them just to take a step back and say right okay this is where you're at at the moment because actually sometimes they can be very confused if they're not enjoying something that they thought they were going to absolutely love that they thought that was their future it's very confusing for them and 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 for parents and, and carers as well i'm always surprised by the amount of students i've met over the years who when i've said you don't seem to be enjoying the course why did you why did you come on this course and went because my mate has 
Yes. I was really shocked at first and then it became more and more familiar that so many people choose a course because they feel comfortable within their friendship groups, not necessarily because they like the subject or they have any ambitions in the subject, just that they're a bit lost. Which speaks volumes about their own self-esteem. It doesn't take very long to really suss out the students who might be in that situation. Yeah. Um, and and that's that is a real key part of that kind of continued individualised assessment throughout each academic year. Because if you treat students with respect, they will talk to you. Um, And and it's okay for them to have spoken about the fact that that's what their motivation for the course is. If we then show judgment to them, then we are we're kind of closing the conversation down. So we need to be really open with them about the fact. Right. Okay. so how would you learn from this situation if it arose for you again? And actually, how can we help you build your self-esteem in order for you to be able to choose and have the confidence to aspire for yourself? Because that's really the. The, the root cause often is actually do they have do they have that confidence to aspire or is the narrative of their community or the family setting that they're in actually kind of not working for them in that respect and then they're not sure how to have that kind of confidence sometimes it's getting over this whole deficit idea isn't it yeah, the, yeah. they're there because they're not good enough rather than yeah. they're there because they're learning something else you know yeah. or learning something that they're already familiar with but in a different way that might resonate yeah. better with them yeah exactly and I think if you look at it from a kind of social mobility point of view I think that that impacts some learners too because they haven't necessarily had the opportunity at home to get involved in the extra activity some of their peers might be involved in and have built some of those resilient skills character development to that allows them to pick something just for them What's the big value in enrolling somebody on a course which isn't necessarily a level up? Mm-hmm. Is it a confidence thing? Is it missing elements of that particular level? I think the key of it really is, is character development. And that, that would be very, very individualised to the person in that circumstance. But let's say, for example, very often this happens because this situation happens because um, a learner has emerging mental health problems, and every, you know every college that I've spoken to certainly is um, reporting year on year increased numbers of uh, mental health concerns, self-diagnosed sometimes, but mental health concerns as, as before students enrol even, and that increases very quickly once students have enrolled and start to trust and kind of talk to us about those experiences. Being able to offer something that or a program that really supports them in developing the well-being skills of self-support how to access support if they need it without the pressure of the next academic level up if you like that would be expected of them because of their prior attainment can mean that actually what you're doing is you're boosting that person holistically that enables them then to have the strength and the character to be able to to go on and maybe start that course in the next year or even part way through the year, depending on what, what we're looking at. So you could kind of frame it as an as an elongated period of settling in. For some, it would be that, and particularly when you're looking at kind of level one, level two. Because it's um, scary, aren't they? When you come into a big college that you've yeah. not been to before, it can be over. I mean, I'm overwhelmed sometimes when I go and visit a college and it's just a massive place and all the people and everybody seems oh. to know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? That sort of yes. thing. It takes a while and to the- get into the swing of it, doesn't it? It does. And some students really uh, find that difficult and they find the environment too big for them. And that's why we encourage as much as we can visit. So as many visits as they can fit in, really, particularly those who we've already identified 
uh, might struggle. So, for example, the safeguarding and well-being team, they will work across the year. So during the admissions process, students identify if they consider they have a mental health um, or well-being problem. The safeguarding and wellbeing team are then made aware of that from admissions. Depending on the situation, they will make contact with the learner and actually try and find out a little bit about them and try and work out a programme for them to help that transition. So it isn't a case of the first time we, we talk to you about the issues that you've declared is at enrolment. In the article, you've talked about this, this young woman who arrived at college on a level two programme of study who'd been having a, a very difficult time. Educationally, her prior attainment meant that level two was the next step for her. But as she started college, it really emerged that um, mental health problems were starting to mean that she had really high levels of anxiety. Um, so this wasn't something that she self-diagnosed prior to, to coming to college. It, it started to show through her attendance, through her communication with her peers, with her teachers. And it was really kind of picking up on that conversation really from a well-being point of view that that led us down the kind of the the situation where we were offering her to move to move a step towards level one Um, initially that didn't work for her because she found actually the environment wasn't right she needed something very different so we moved her to uh, what we call an engage group which is a a smaller group of young people, very, very active in terms of that kind of social enterprise and social skills. So really, really working as as a team all the time in that smaller group. And she has absolutely blossomed. What we've done really in working with her in that way is just given her the space to understand how to how to interpret what's happening to her in terms of her anxiety, how she can live with that on a day-to-day basis, and actually encouraging her to be in college and to do that at the same time as much as she can. She's just applied to go back to Level 2, so she'll progress back to Level 2 next year because she feels like she's moved so far forward in herself. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And it, it really shows that what you're doing there is working as well, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. And there's other examples very, very similar to that. I I recently spoke to a a student who, again, it was attendance really that that kind of pricked my ears up a little bit, if you like, because it it was I could see a trend um, across the week over over several weeks. And it took it took a little while to kind of get to the conversation well, the root cause of the conversation. But essentially, she was feeling as though she was behind her peers in the class. And therefore, she wasn't attending, which was then kind of making her feel further behind when she came in. So you could see a vicious cycle appearing. And actually, she wasn't, she just wasn't enjoying the course anymore. It wasn't what was right for her. So she'd, she'd studied, as we're talking about a catering situation here. So she'd studied cookery at school. She thought it was absolutely right for her. She'd come into a kitchen environment and found that she, she couldn't deal with the activity in the kitchen. It wasn't right for her. Yeah. Um, for a few years, she'd struggled with um, anxiety and panic attacks. And it just, it just wasn't right for her. So really, what, what we've done, we, she's looked at another course. So she's going to beauty, actually. So she'll go across the level. But she'll stay in catering this year and have tasters in in beauty. But what she's doing is actually using the real skills she's got. She's interested in about the presentation of things, about working with people, about customer service, about detail. But in the beauty environment, it's it's not going to be as high pressured for her in quite the same way. Yeah. 
and she's just, she's just really changed in the last few weeks because of that because we've really kind of sat down with her and said right okay we can support you she will get support through for anxiety as she goes through the year um and into next year as well this has been the TESFE podcast with Nikki Lane and me, Sarah Simons. Join us again soon for all the FE news and views. Thanks for listening.